0: Good morning. My name is Blair. Welcome to our podcast this morning, where we're continuing our series looking at the times where Jesus uses the phrase, I am, when describing himself. And today we're going to look more closely at the time when Jesus says, I am the gates and I am the good shepherd. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy today's topic. You know, There are all kinds of voices competing for our attention and allegiance, isn't there? And who you decide to listen to has an effect. It has a consequence on your life. For example, if you um, decide to believe an advertisement about a product that you're interested in and you spend your money on it, you may find that that product is or isn't what you were told. We hope for honesty in advertising, don't we? we? We hope that it's honest. We hope for honesty in news reporting. But more than ever, our news is politically motivated, isn't it? In that, I mean, we hope for honesty from politicians. <laughs> but I think, you know, that the list of lies and half-truths and scandals and cover-ups make a lot of us pretty skeptical that that's happening. And now with the internet, I mean, anyone can produce a website or write a blog or record a video like I'm doing now and try to convince you that they know what they're talking about, that often claiming to be an expert or to have some kind of inside knowledge that they want to share with you. And each one of those things that I've mentioned will tell you that they have your best interest in mind, but really what they have in mind is money your money. And that makes knowing and discerning the truth more difficult than ever, doesn't it? I mean, how do you know what voice to listen to? Now, this isn't the first time in history where people were confused about who to listen to and where to look for answers. In Jesus' time, the nation of Israel was forcefully occupied by Rome, and they were looking for someone to come and to set them free. And just like in today's culture, um, they were trying to get their political group, which was also a religious group, their political religious group, positioned for power and influence. At Jesus' time in history, political and religious leaders were often called shepherds. And it's in this setting that Jesus declares this about himself, where he says, I am the gates, I am the good shepherd. And you can find that in John chapter 10. If you want to follow along in your Bible today, we're going to look at several of those verses. So Jesus makes this statement about himself to the religious leaders of the day because he does not approve of the way that they are using their position to mislead people. And when Jesus says, I'm the gate and I'm the good shepherd, those are both references to looking after sheep. And we'll talk more about that later. But they're both a reference to it. And so by using the phrase, I am, Jesus is declaring himself to be God. It's an Old Testament reference where God describes himself as I am who I am to Moses. And so by using the phrase regarding himself, Jesus is telling them, the religious leaders, that's me. That's who I am. I am who I am. And then by calling himself good, he's also indicating that he's God because their belief system held to the truth that there was no one good but God. And so to say you were good implied that you were God. Jesus wasn't trying to hide this. He was putting it out there for them. And so he is clearly pointing to himself as the one to listen to, as the one to follow, the one who will take care of His sheep. He is placing himself above every other shepherd, every other voice. And Jesus goes on and he explains that not everyone among the sheep is a true shepherd. He says some are like thieves and robbers. And the mark of them being a thief or a robber is how they gain access to the sheep. And he's referring to those religious leaders because those religious leaders gained their place of influence over God's people, Um, through personal and political connections, through their superior education, through their ambition, their manipulation, their corruption. And they created fear in people instead of creating greater trust in God. But a true shepherd comes in the legitimate, the designed way that God has, through love, through calling, caring, and sacrificial service, just like Jesus. God always intends that his people are to be led to be fed and protected by good shepherds there's a purpose for the door and some will try to climb over it to get over it but God has a door there for a reason and Jesus says in verse 2 the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep so the gate has a gatekeeper the shepherd calls the sheep by name showing that he has a personal connection with them the sheep Know his voice, verse three, and the way it worked at this time in history is that shepherds and their sheep would, uh, shepherds and their sheep would often share the fields with other shepherds and sheep, and so the sheep would all mix together. But when it was time to leave, a shepherd had a distinct call that he would use his voice for, and his sheep would come out from among all the other sheep and follow him out of the group. Sheep can discern their shepherd's voice. They follow him because they know his voice. That's verse four. Sheep won't follow a stranger, verse five. And in fact, they'll run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. And so Jesus uses this illustration, but the, the religious leaders they don't, they don't get it. they're not fully understanding what He's telling them. And so he continues and he says, "I am the gate. And he's still talking about sheep and pasturing, because out in the pastures, the pens were made with only one entrance. And the shepherds would gather the sheep up to keep them safe, and he would know that there was only one way in and one way out. And the uh, the door for those sheep pens was the shepherd himself. He would lay his body across the entrance to keep the sheep in and to keep the wolves out. The shepherd was, in fact, the door. And so when you trust Jesus as your gateway to God, and when, um, and when you trust him as your good shepherd, he will bring to us a fullness of life, which is John 10.10. 10. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're going to live a, a really long life or a life that's easy or comfortable, but rather an abundant life is a life that is, has deep satisfaction and contentment with Jesus, despite our circumstances. Jesus is telling us emphatically that he is the voice to listen to if we want to find salvation and safety and abundance. To discern the motive of a voice you're listening to, ask this question. Are they pointing me to Jesus? Are they directing me to walk through the right door that leads to a sense of safety and peace? Does it lead me to a deeper reliance on God? And if not, then really evaluate if that voice is worth listening to. Are the voices that you're listening to leading you to a more abundant life in God? Because you won't find anyone better to listen to than Jesus. There isn't anyone more caring or more invested in you than Jesus. He is superior to every other voice. He is the good shepherd who laid his very life down for you and me. And he wants us to know his voice. Jesus' work as the good shepherd was rooted in his close relationship to the Father, right? He says in verse 14, the Father knows me and I know the Father. And then he goes on and he describes that he has power over life and death. And he says this, he says, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. It's verse 17 and 18. And so if Jesus willingly died, even though he has power over life and death, certainly he can get past whatever hang up or roadblock we think is in the way of us hearing him, vo- hearing his voice, of us hearing him. So God wants us to know his voice and so I've got some things for you to put into practice I've got a few things that you can the steps for you today things you can put in practice the first and most important is this in knowing God's voice is to know the Bible every other step that I'm going to describe is subject to and has to come under the authority of the Bible so know the Bible so let me encourage you to read the Bible every day and if this is new to you and you don't know where to begin start in the book of John And whether you read a few verses or a chapter, or personally, I use an app on my phone where I can now read through the Bible in a whole year. And then there are also podcasts that will read it to you. The point is make a commitment to read something from the Bible every day. Take a few moments and think about it. And as you practice this, you will begin to better know the voice of God. The next step then is to spend time in prayer where you not only talk, but you spend time actively trying to listen to God. Ask simple yes or no questions. You know, God, can I trust this website? Should I listen to that Bible teacher? God, do you love me? You know, and don't be discouraged if you don't hear anything. Tell God that you wanna know his voice and then put it into practice daily and trust him as the good shepherd to lead you there. The third thing, is to recall past times where you've sensed his direction, not only to remind yourself of it, but to learn from it, right? How did it come to you? Was it a picture? Was it a feeling or impression where you just suddenly knew something? Uh, Were you reading the Bible and like it jumped off the page to you? became alive. The point of this is to learn how you hear God. Another step is to turn off other voices until you begin to hear the voice of God more clearly. Because this is a personal pursuit. We can help and teach and encourage one another, but you can't know God for somebody else. It's a personal pursuit. And limiting other voices for a time will help you Tune into God's voice more clearly, and in that, be prepared that you might experience some internal resistance, Feeling maybe feelings of shame or guilt or fear may come up as you quiet your heart and mind to try and hear God. And those things can make you want to avoid God. But let me remind you that the Bible says that when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He invites us into His presence. He wants you to be with Him. And the final thing is this, in terms of steps to take, is to put what he tells you into action because there is a correlation between our obedience and our hearing. There's a correlation. So what I have for you this morning before I pray for you is I've got some questions for you to work through following today's message that are meant to help you integrate this into your life. So here they are. What are some ways that Christ has guided you in the past What does abundance look like in your life? Jesus emphasized how well a shepherd and a sheep know one another. How would you rate the intimacy of your relationship with Christ? And then finally, what are some steps you can take to strengthen that intimacy? Make a plan to implement those steps and ask ask someone to hold you accountable. Tell them your plan and then ask them to hold you accountable. The goal and the purpose of this is to learn to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. He desires for you to hear his voice, to know his guiding and his direction. He is the only voice that we can trust. He is superior to every voice out there right now that is grabbing for your attention. So let me encourage you, church, right? While all these other voices want to get your attention, to get your allegiance, to tell you that they have the truth for you, there is only one truth, and it's Jesus. And he wants your attention. He wants your allegiance. He wants you to hear his voice. And you can do that today. Start with the Bible, right? Spend time talking to him and listening. And it's as simple as just saying, God, I want to hear your voice. I'm committed to hearing your voice. And know that It's going to take some time and recall times where, right, you have sensed his direction and how did it come to you and talk to God about that and then put those things into action. But for now, you know, it's just a time where I think we need to silence many of the other voices to hear him more clearly. Let me pray for you this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much for each and every person that hears this, watches this. God, I pray Lord, that you help us to know you, God, as the good shepherd. You are the gate. You are the good shepherd, Jesus. May we know your voice more clearly, more, more, more certain than any other voice. May we know it, God. May we walk in it. May we obey it. Because, God, what our world needs now more than ever is for your people to know you. May we know you, God. May we hear your voice. Thank you that you are the gate. Thank you that you are the good shepherd, that you desire to lead us to places of abundance, of deep satisfaction, despite what's going on in our world. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Go with us. Be with us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.